0: It's Friday night everybody, you know what that means, it's Friday night, let's have some fun, let's get together
1: and play a ton.
0: Hello listeners, I'm Matt, and I'm John, and we're Friday
1: Night Games.
0: We are two board game enthusiasts who want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by bringing you board game content every Friday, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sometimes that messes up. <laughs> Sometimes it comes in at 11 a.m., but that's because we're not, we're not perfect. That's why. And I, and I made it. And if I made it, it probably has some flaws in it.
1: That's all right. Yeah. Thank you for making it, Matthew.
0: You're welcome. It was a lot of work, but, you know. We benefit.
1: Right, right. Cool. So, this week, I am tasking Matt with a beautiful art project. I would like for Matt to build me a board game monument based off his top four board game designers. I thought this would be a fun topic. I read the following question off a post on the Board Game Geek Facebook community. Um, It was originally posted by Dwayne Sherrill and he asked if there was a Mount Rushmore for game designers. Whose four faces should be up there? A little fun fact about Dwayne. He does run a YouTube channel called Blackboard Gaming. And we suggest that you check it out.
0: So the channel is Blackboard Gaming? Yes. Cool. I will check that out.
1: So Matt, I present you... With the same question, whose four faces would you put on the monument you will be creating for me and why?
0: Well, first of all, this monument is going to be sponsored by Tabletop Renaissance, which you can go to in the west end of Windsor. It's by the bridge and they have delicious food. Just letting you know. (laughs) Do you know that?
1: Are we officially sponsored by them? Because it's strange.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, Tabletop Renaissance would definitely sponsor my Mount Rushmore. But you know what? I'm not really, you know, we're Canadian. We don't have a Mount Rushmore. Right?
1: That's fair. We don't. Right? Yes.
0: So so when you, you know, obviously we have notes and you kind of threw this at me beforehand so I can clearly do do a lot of research, probably more research than I needed to. It, it didn't come to me as like a Mount Rushmore. It came to me as in my favorite anime series, Naruto, which I followed for like 20 years uh-huh. they had their own kind of mount rushmore but it wasn't mount rushmore it was like the Hokage of the village so like the strongest person in the village like the master the one who watches over everyone and usually they created this like what they call ninjutsu which is like magic right so they created their own form of magic to save the village. Okay. So that's what I pictured when I saw that, right? Like, they all have these ultimate powers and they're, like, kind of correlated, like, as one person leaves, the next person steps up, but they're, like, kind of related to the other person. You know, that's kind of how I looked at it. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Oh, and they're, and they're like, completely badass. Like, they look godly. Like, when, when you see their face, none of them have <laughs> pupils. Like, they're just, like, super godly. So that that's how I want you to picture Matt's gaming monument.
1: I don't care. I don't care what you call it, as long as it's beautiful. Can and we can carve it into uh, the mountainside.
0: Well, uh, you know you know me and Art just gonna be a bunch <laughs> of stick men carved into the mountainside. <laughs> you know, you, maybe yours might look a little bit more like them, but mine will definitely not. So <laughs>
1: All right, so throw
0: it at me. Who's your who's okay. your
1: first? Who's your first pick?
0: Okay, I want everyone to look. You know, think we're going left to right. You're staring at the mountainside, and John's up there carving. He's probably eating some delicious ramen from Tabletop Renaissance. <laughs> While he's doing that, you know, i'm I'm guiding him on what he needs to draw. And the first person he needs to draw is Richard Garfield, okay? Yeah. so what do you what do you know about Richard Garfield?
1: I know that he created magic, and I know that he just made another like trivia game with somebody.
0: Uh, yeah, someone, That's about someone it. Someone famous Ken Jennings. yeah,
1: Ken Jennings. yeah. yeah, yeah, the guy from Jeopardy. right. right. That's
0: right. all you know about him. man. okay. well, I mean you're right, those two facts are correct. He created Magic ninjutsu. Okay. So Magic Ninjitsu is the game Magic the Gathering. So he applied game theory and gambling elements to create the most addicting game ever created in 30 years that took all our money. So maybe <laughs> maybe he's the bad guy. What do you think?
1: I mean, he definitely <laughs> introduced gambling to us at a young age, right? Cuz we would go to the we would go to the card store and Gamble. buy all these Magic the Gathering packs just in hopes to get, you know, like that Black Lotus or something, you know. Yeah, or we would. Whatever I see Chad,
0: lightning bolt, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, oh yeah, we never we never although if we did get it it would be worth a lot of money right now. So, jokes on mm-hmm. us. Mm, should have bought it. <laughs> $1,500 looked looked like a lot of money when you're 13, but now when you look back and you're like that's $5,000, you're like I should have bought all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, cool facts. So, he made a game called Robo Rally first. And while he made that, he was in grad school for math and he was trying to pitch that to Wizards of the Coast. They actually hired him on to help them create Magic the Gathering. Cool. So, yeah, I guess he, it was his idea, but they, they saw, you know, Wizards of the Coast kind of pushed it. So, it is That's his. Cool. Yeah. And he's actually a math professor. I don't know if he, I don't know where. I think somewhere in Washington, he teaches math courses and game theory. Nice. And yeah, he, he actually created more than magic. He created Netrunner, mm-hmm. King of Tokyo. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. There's a Battletech game he made. He actually made. The, he actually helped with well, Robo Rally. He made a recent game called Bunny Kingdom. And then you know that you knew this one. He made Keyforge. Right. And then he made that trivia game with Ken Jennings. But I mean, his, his major thing he's well known for is actually magic. And then, you know, King of Tokyo is one of, one of my favorite games, which is hilarious. He made that. I didn't... I kind of, I kind of knew, but I forgot.
1: Yeah, we haven't played that game in a long time either.
0: No, we haven't. But he, he's the king. Like he is the king, right? If we didn't have magic, you know magic kind of helped you know ignite i wouldn't say it ignited all the board games but it definitely brought in a crowd into like tabletop right mm-hmm. yeah and then you wouldn't have Keyforge, which is a fantastic game which is inspired by magic and i think is gets rid of that collecting element which is pretty nice right
1: well not anymore because they have that they have that like for every like good guy there's a bad guy card or whatever
0: yeah but i mean like you're not like in you know in magic you're like there's five elements plus artifacts and you're you have to collect all the cards of a certain color. It's kind of not like that in KeyForge. It's like KeyForge. You like you get a deck, and the deck is themed, and that's just it, okay. right? It gets rid of the oh, I have to buy all the cards to get all the cards I, I mean you could but probably wouldn't be as exciting you know yeah but anyway so he he is the first he is like the creator of the village he created the village of board gamers I like it I like it yeah and he's kind of like the founding father and you know he created a very powerful ninjutsu he created the ninjutsu of, magi- of the gathering <laughs> ninjutsu of the gathering there you go I should also note that he really loves balancing games he would be the ultimate board game ninja he'd be like the ultimate board game ba- Balancer, but he doesn't work for Wizards of the Coast anymore. He does consult with them on expansions and stuff. But Mark Rosewater would be his Junin or now master in his own right. So Mark Rosewater took over the balancing of Magic: The Gathering and has done a phenomenal job. Cool. He, he might be he might be like the one helping you carve Richard Garfield. <laughs> into the mountain. Nice. Yeah.
1: Make sure I get his nose just right. Why am I doing the work I asked you to do for me, though?
0: Uh, <laughs> because you told me to do this work when I told you to do this work. So you got to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> so my number two going left to right, John, is Uve. Rosenberg. What do you know about him?
1: Well, he's he, he's a really great Euro game creator.
0: Yes. Yes. So. He created advanced Euro game ninjutsu. <laughs> 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 so basically he created some of the fantastic Euro games. You could actually listen to our podcast last week and you can hear about it. Our Euro games there, so these Euro games he made are incredibly loved, and seven of his many games are in the top 100 of Board Game Geek, and they're nice. complicated. Just as a note, he is a German game designer, and he co-founded Lookout Games. and His most popular game was Bonanza. Okay, and he mostly concentrates on complex strategy games, so like the games people love on BoardGameGeek Geek, as well. And he is well known for his games having excellent solo play. I can see. I can attest that. You played Nova Luna with me, right? Like, you could see that that was a good solo. It could be a good solo game. Right. Just as a note, his top games are Feast of Odin, Caverna, Agricola, La Havre, and Fields of Arl. And those are all in the top 100. I haven't played any of them. (laughs) 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 But he is loved and, you know... The problem, the problem is, like, when, when you go into complex strategy games, there's a lot of rules, so how much time do you really have to play them, right? Yes. Um, well, oh, especially
1: for, for our group.
0: Sorry, he actually... I forgot. There's a whole there's a whole other list here. He actually made Patchwork also, and yep. then the newer games he made that have come out in the last year are... probably going to pronounce this wrong, but Hallertau, New York Zoo, Sagani, and Nova Luna. Nice. Yeah. So... Uh, and I've actually heard an interview with him, too. He was very, like, down-to-earth and funny, and I think, like, when you kind of get to that level... You kind of just like, you don't worry about, you just be yourself, right? And he was like totally himself in the interview, which is really cool. That's good. And then my number three of four is Vlad. I'm going to pronounce this completely wrong, but Vitil? Shivatil? Okay. Vatil. I think it's Vatil, but who knows? <laughs> So he cr- so he is his ninjitsu is the modern party game. Okay. He created modern party game ninjutsu. So before him, games were, party games are just boring. They were like Trivial Pursuit and categories. Well, he created this competitive co op game. We like to call code names. Okay and one could argue that Codenames is the best party game of all time. Do you agree?
1: I don't know. I wouldn't say of all time. Well, but it's good. He
0: really with Codenames he blew like that party game blew everything out of the water when it came out and, you know, it brought in a lot of non-gamers into gaming.
1: Yeah, I can see that. You know, I feel like when when we talk about party games now, it's like who can you who can drink the most, who can prank call who the best. So.
0: <laughs> Not all of them I mean like Just One's a fantastic game It came out in 2018
1: Yeah Well I mean like I like party games That are coming out like that Right Where right. you could just Don't have to think too much And just have a good time While you're playing
0: Right And like you know Wavelength These aren't games he made But Wavelength And yeah. uh, Just One Are fantastic games Right But right. he but he made Codenames Which which arguably Is fantastic And has sold Like millions You know Millions and millions Of copies And has like Millions of skins on it and Like it's good Like it's a fantastic right. game but it's funny because he actually made a couple other games too. He actually is very capable of creating intensely complicated games. He actually made Mage Knight. Nice. Through the Age he made Through the Ages, which is a fantastic game. We have Mage Knight haven't played it. Through the Ages is I'm afraid to play it cuz it's long. And then he also <laughs> made and then he also made Galaxy Trucker. So like those are super popular games. Like he is a legend, you know. And then coming out with Codenames basically blew everyone out of the water. He is actually a Czech board game designer, and he designs. His designs are strongly rooted in game themes, so he tries okay. to match mechanics to a theme. So he starts. So most game designers, like you know, with Uwe, you know, he's like Euro game designer. He just makes a game and then attaches a theme to it and the theme doesn't matter as much vlad is the opposite right where he likes to start with a theme and then tries to make all the mechanics match it which is kind of the opposite of euro games very nice yeah very cool and then finally i guess this would bring us into the next generation so like you know richard garfield would be the 90s uve would be like 2000s vlad would be like you know early 2010s and then now you know the Finally, we've hit the latest, you know, King or, or Hakoge of the village, and that would be Jamie Stegmeier from Stonemaier Games, in my opinion. You're
1: on this guy, eh?
0: he's a great guy, man. He <laughs> made he made Kickstarter to company Ninjitsu, <laughs> <laughs> so he basically defeated Kickstarter in a giant battle of epic proportions to produce his own and other designers' board games in his own company. So nice. I think he kind of, of the you know 2010s, he kind of did what board game designers are trying to do. They're trying to go on Kickstarter to make it big so that they can create their own company. And he did that. That's
1: good. Yeah, he's done a lot. Of, he's done a lot, so...
0: Yeah, that is true. You know, and and if you didn't know, you know, you could listen to two podcasts ago. We actually interviewed him. We actually talked about his company, but he created Scythe, Viticulture, and Tapestry. And then his company also brings us Wingspan, Pendulum, Between Two Kingdoms, or Between Two Cities. But yeah, he brings us a bunch of other games too. And it's like, this is, you know, He's phenomenal. He's the new kind of champion of uh, the board game world village. Nice. Yeah. But just as a little note, he is an American game designer. He currently has a board game Kickstarter Bible blog on his website, which tells you how to run a company. It actually goes through his mistakes and things he did well to produce his company.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then I have a little bonus to rising stars in the board game world.
1: So so these, these these are these are people that you would put on here, but didn't you don't have enough room
0: i would say like you know these two in the future might overthrow like they might become the most powerful hakogi in the village they might become like the champion right so they're on the rise and those two are in the same board game group and they are alexander fister and wolfgang varsh and okay yeah they make fantastic games we've talked about wolfgang a previous podcast with pandasaurus games but like i said they play in a board game group together so they're constantly playtesting their own games they're kind of like an odd couple kind of like us you know maybe okay. yeah they're like us right and they're they're just trying to find their own way and they're helping each other out and you know fister's created maracabo western trail isle of sky cloud agent comes out soon expedition to newdale which are all <laughs> games i haven't played <laughs> because they're super <laughs> complex but people love them Maricaba and western trail are super high on the uh you know top board game list. And nice. then Wolfgang Varsch created Quacks of Quindlenburg. He created the mine, Wavelength, Taverns of Tiefenfall. So like these two are like pretty well-known people, right? And their games are becoming popular. They have some top games, but together they like, they're on the rise. I feel like give them five years, they might have another bunch of games in that list. And, you know, they might be the new people we got to carve into the mountain.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. I look forward to seeing the finished product.
0: All right. So now you know it's on my mountain. Let's flip it to you. But instead of designers, why don't you tell me what board game artists, since you're more artsy than me, I'm more of like a logical mind, you know, why don't you tell me what artists would be on your mountain? Yeah,
1: you're right. So you, you know that what draws me to a board game is the art and it's huge for me for any game that we play. That's kind of like the first thing I go to. Does the art draw me in? And when I think about who I would put first on my list, that they really did that for me, it made me appreciate all the work that goes into making the art for these games. You you think about it like the artists on these are creating sometimes creating like hundreds of little art pieces just, you know, for every single card that's different in the game, the 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 actual board, the cover, you know, all the box art and all that stuff. Just to make sure that the game is aesthetically pleasing to us. I think it's just amazing.
0: When I see you buy games, I know like you're completely drawn in by the box art. Or by the card, right? Art. I think that that almost influences you more than anything else. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, like I definitely, I definitely judge games by their
0: cover, right? <laughs> which, which we do talk about in a previous podcasts with Girl Meets Nerd, where we're like, yeah, do judge the games by their cover. <laughs> it's totally true. Yeah. So the
1: first, the first game, you know, when I saw it online, I was completely blown away. Especially the, the board is nice, but the, you know, when I talk about Everdell, I, I think of the Evertree that's part of the, the whole board game experience. So, Andrew Bosley is going to be my number one. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done, he's done stuff for Everdell and, and he's done like the, some art for Tapestry and stuff like that. And I think, I'm just going to bring it to Everdell because that's like my, my most familiar artwork of his in board games. But like every card in that game is just beautiful. And just, like, the detail put into the artwork, like, every character has personality, and it really just draws you in to that entire theme of the game.
0: I I really... I thought it like the game reminded me of like a children's book almost the way it's drawn. Yeah, which is super neat. I I think that it was it was definitely eye catching. So I I didn't yeah I didn't even know who this I don't know who this artist is. But does he do any other works?
1: Yeah, like he's got he's got like some art concepts and stuff on it online. I mean, he's done some stuff like with Star Wars, like character designs and vehicle designs and stuff like that. But yeah, and then he did the uh, the box art for tapestry. Oh, nice. Which is really nice. I know it's on your your wall there. It is, yeah. Yeah. I I just really think his work is very well done and I wanted to give him a good mention. Nice. So, number two, what draws me into this artist's work is I love how real his artwork looks while giving it like you can tell like it's it's drawn, but even like the hidden thing. So when I look at some of the artwork, one of my favorite thing, one of the favorite artworks that he did, he did a poster for the Dark Knight for I think it was like an anniversary thing or something. He drew a picture of the Joker falling and just the way the Joker's falling and how his like jacket is spread out. It looks like the the Batman symbol. And there's just like little thing like he puts so much detail into this work. So I'm talking about Oliver Barrett. So he's the he's the artist behind the first, I think, three Unmatched games. Mm-hmm. He had you at Batman, though. He had me at Batman. Actually, he had me at Unmatched. I um, <laughs> oh, really? started follow, following it. Yeah. But he does a lot of like cool poster work for, for movies and stuff like that as well. But I think one of my favorite art pieces that he has in the Unmatched game is in the Jurassic Park one. It's one of the Raptors. It's like a Raptor head, but the Raptor head is made up of other Raptor heads. Mm-hmm. It's just just the, the just so cool. Like the thin line work that he has in his artwork. I mean, it's just gorgeous. It actually, happens, gorgeous, gorgeous, uh... gorgeous.
0: His uh, website pulled up. You can actually check it out at alloverbarrett.com. Yeah. It's a pretty amazing art on his webpage. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm looking at it too right now as we talk because I'm just like drawn into it. But there's like a poster for it and it's like – it almost looks like the balloon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And – but it's like Pennywise's forehead but it's in the sewer – and and Pennywise's face in the sewer, and the kids are like reflected in the sewer opening. Yeah, I see. So it's like, yeah, it looks like the balloon, but it's Pennywise's head and a sewer opening all at the same time. Like it's just really cool.
0: Yeah, his concept art's really good. Or like, there's one oh, of the Blitz beautiful. the Ambassador album artworks, pretty cool. I guess he does album covers.
1: Yeah, he does. He does so much stuff.
0: Oh, he drew one of the parks. He did one of the parks posters. Yeah, Glacier for, uh, Glacier Bay. Glacier Bay. Yeah. So that's a yeah. Game so of parks by Keymaster Games. Yeah. That's neat yeah
1: so he's my number two I just I, I just man I was just blown away by his art when we when we first played unmatched and looking at all those cards
0: is this in any order by the way
1: this isn't in any order this is just who I kind of thought of as I, as I was thinking about it okay not not like you where you like oldest to newest this is just <laughs> Who popped up in my mind the fastest?
0: Yeah, you know when you give me a task, I uh, always go over <laughs> the next level, right?
1: <laughs> That's true. Uh, so my my third one is Xavier Collett. Okay, what
0: what does he do? Like what art?
1: So does he they do? uh, he does the artwork for Mysterium, and what I like about the Mysterium artwork, and he also did uh, the artwork for the game Abyss as well. But what I like about the Mysterium artwork is just so when I look at a, a card in Mysterium and I see like the characters that are that are presented mm-hmm. and just just the way that the art it's just it just pops out and then when you look at the cards that, that give the clues and just how how random they are but they all seem to fit no whatever card you pull does that make sense? Like, you know, when you're trying to figure out the game, you know, you're trying to match these random cards you've drawn to make clues to to solve this this mystery. To make kind of like a random artwork fit with the mystery you're trying to solve. Like, I think that's just that stuff like that blows my mind that pe- people can think about that kind of stuff. You know, when you look at the Mysterium Park and we were playing it, and there was the clue you gave Mike, and it was like a tricycle, looked like a, like a or like a unicycle or something. But it wasn't a unicycle. And like I knew right away as soon as you laid it that... I think it was for like the the three ring circus or the theater or something like that. But... What, what's cool about his artwork, too, is that...
0: By the way, he's he's one of many, by the way.
1: Yeah. What's cool about his artwork is that it's cartoony, but at the same time, like, almost re, like almost realistic. So, if you look at, like, the portraits of the people in Mysterium there, you can tell their illustrations, but the stuff around them look almost realistic. And his it, artwork just pops out to me, and it's just so, so, so cool just, looking. Just
0: as a note, you can see his artwork at com slash coleander, coleandre, coleander. It's like... C-O-L-I-A-N-D-R-E. <laughs> and it's really like, he has his Mysterium stuff up there and, Whoa. you know, that stuff is really nice.
1: Yeah. It's hard to, like, describe art when, you have to, when you're have when you trying to look at it. <laughs> That's the hardest part.
0: The thing I know about his art is that, yes, his characters are slightly cartoony, but, like, his environment stuff is pretty beautiful so for instance in i'm looking at one of the expansions mysterium secret and lies you know one of the art that he did was he did a character card and on it there is this like a woman who is basically into plants and like the flowers and the background and everything looks like fantastically kind of it's almost like it's almost like a, a realism to being cartoony does that make sense? Like the uh-huh. like the girl looks very cartoony, but like everything in the environment looks pretty real, you know? Right. Or close to being real, right? And I think that that's pretty impressive. So his characters are like, they have like a cartoony aspect to it, but his environments are all pretty real looking. Right. Which is neat.
1: Yeah. And then uh, he also did Dixit Journey Oh, nice. as well. So like Dixit and Mysterium are pretty similar games. And then number four, uh, what I like about this artist, so I'm going to cheat here a little bit. Hold on, hold on. Is
0: this? What what is his name? <laughs> what does this say?
1: M- Mr. Cuttington.
0: Who is Mr. Cuttington?
1: So is this for
0: real? Is this like <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who so goes by I'm gonna cheat che- Cuttington. Yeah, I'm gonna cheat here a little bit. So this is a husband and wife. So it's actually two people. Okay. So it's David Forrest and Lisa Coset. They create the artwork for Grim Forest, Grim Masquerade. They did Santorini, Charterstone, and the Brass games. So what I really like about their artwork is they can go from being super cartoony so if you look at Santorini artwork and then you look and then they have this kind of almost photo photorealistic fantasy artwork you know like in the Grim Forest and Grim Masquerade Brass, yeah. uh, where, where it just looks like
0: oh they did Grim Forest wow
1: yeah so it's like it looks like really well done like like paintings of these like fairy tale characters and stuff like that and then, yeah, then you can go all the way to the other side where Brad and like the people just look real. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're it just seems like such a cool, well-versed styles. And it's actually very, you know, looking at their portfolio portfolio, it's actually really kind of hard to to pinpoint what their what their style is, because they can go anywhere with it, right? And what what I like about their artwork too is like they have they use a lot of bright colors in their games that have like a lot of fun, you know, elements to it or that that the ones that tend to go for a younger audience and then you look at like Grim Forest and Grim Masquerade where it gets like a little bit darker and then Brass where it's like just it's just, ugh, it's just beautiful and Br- like
0: Brass has like an industrial look to it cuz industrial to be a, it's look supposed yeah it in the industrial age but yeah it's it's like the characters are more real so by the way they have a website it's mrcuttington.com <laughs> and you can actually yeah. see all their art so in the Grim Forest like all their car- all their cards look very fairy tale like very beautiful right they're very right. beautiful fairy tale characters that amazing.
1: Right. And like their their cartoon characters are, are cute. Like they're little small, you know, they have like big heads and like little pudgy bodies. The, the two games that I see that are like similar artwork are like Charterstone and the Santorini. They've got similar similar styles in, in in their their artwork. But then I look at you know the unfair cover you know like they've got Dracula and is a cartoony. And then you got the workers are like, are real. It's just, it's really such a cool little mixture of styles. And that's what's cool when you get two people doing, you know, one piece of artwork. And I think it's really cool that they can do that. And you know, be kind of known as one person, so I think that's pretty neat, and I, that's that's why I chose them.
0: Okay, so let's go deep really quick. So Andrew, yeah. Andrew Bosley, you chose why
1: his artwork just kind of draws me in. Like it just blew me away as soon as I saw Everdell for the first time. I'm like, I need to own that game. I have no idea what it's about, <laughs> but I but I know I need I know I need it, and it's it's one of my favorite games to play. And you know, I play with Brittany all the time, or I play with my wife all the time.
0: So and so Andrew Bosley kind of made you meet the game you really love playing. Right, right. Because right. of his art. Okay. And then so Oliver Barrett, so the one of the artists behind Unmatched, why so you chose him because his art is super like Pope movie poster ish and you, you're a big you're a big movie buff guy.
1: No, no, it's not about it's not about movie posters. So he uses a lot of like thin line work. Mm-hmm. What he does with that line work in his art is what's really awesome. So like I like how, you know, when you're drawing, when you can draw something. So say like like take that It poster that he drew for instance. So I see I see the shape of the the balloon that Pennywise holds in the movie, but it's also the shape of Pennywise's head, but it's also a sewer opening. <laughs>
0: So so you're right? you're saying you like how he incorporates a lot of different things into a single picture and it all relates. Right. Okay. I'm trying to I'm try, I'm trying to go deep with you. I'm trying to get it out of you what exactly yeah. what you're trying to get, right? Like what you
1: No, can- no, yeah, you're good. And like he just just his tech I think like he has got a lot of technical aspect to his artwork mm-hmm. and like just so much detail goes into it. And like everything he's done and everything I see like online, I'm like, that is just it blows me away picture after picture and oh just It's just beautiful. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and then Xavier uh, Colette is pretty is pretty straightforward. You you're impressed with how he can relate like his character and location cards with the actual cards that are that you you play with that give hints. I, I don't know how relatable. I don't know if he did all of them, but I know I know he didn't because there's more artists. But you right. feel, that blows you away how like the cards that h- help you guess the location and the, and the person are so relatable. Yeah, and, yeah,
1: yeah. And I like how you know and, uh, that he can make the items and stuff in on the cards look realistic, but like. The portraits of the people—you can tell they're—they're—it's artwork, mm-hmm. cartoony. It's Just—it's a cool little mixture of theme, I think.
0: And then finally, Mister Cunnington, you're you're very impressed with how the husband and wife duo can easily just go between cute to serious to like in between that very easily.
1: Right, and it's cool that they can combine their 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 skills together.
0: Oh, like yeah, two people working as one. Yeah, that's right.
1: Cool. So there, there's there's artists that do that. There's like I forget exactly. There was like almost like a psychological thing where like twins would do artwork. And then there's like, I don't know if you ever, there's a Black Sabbath cover. I think that's like two, it's like one brother would do like half the artwork and then the other brother would finish it. So, it's like, it's really it's really cool how like two people can, can do the artwork together and it just be a beautiful, beautiful piece of work. So, I'm going to cheat because I got two people at the, my last one there. So, I got five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I had six. So whatever. That's cool.
1: (laughs) But I was interested in what other people had to say. So I asked on Facebook. So I asked the same group that Dwayne, Cheryl asked, but I wanted to know who their favorite artists were. Mm -hmm. And the two that kept that I got a ton of answers, and there were so many amazing artists on there. But the the two that I kept seeing over and over again was Meg Sobel, so the one she does all the artwork for Wingspan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Wingspan is gorgeous. Birdie
0: game. I, I, I think it's a. I think it's a. Wasn't it the best podcast of the year? <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. Perfect. That's just why I wanted to make sure we got that out.
1: <laughs> and then there's Ian O'Toole, so he's the artist behind On Mars.
0: That's funny because uh, the On Mars game designer was also almost made my list because he made On Mars, The Gallerist, Lisboa, Vinhouse, and Kanban. And that's yeah. Vitel Lucerta. So he almost yeah. made the list too. But I had to like, cause, because you said four, I had to like cut him. <laughs> 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 but it's funny because On Mars, we both said On, you know, <laughs> On Mars person. That's funny. Th- so those are the two names that kept appearing when you asked right that's interesting
1: i mean i'm not there their artwork work is is amazing too i would just buy on mars just to look at it
0: <laughs> oh well yeah the the cover art is pretty phenomenal yeah i did notice something with their lists did you notice that like my game designer list is lacking female game designers did you notice that i i
1: did i didn't but i do now
0: yeah and i think like i mean honorable mention would be elizabeth hargrave Creator of wingspan, creator of Mary poses, but like I feel like she's another upcoming person too. She nice. she might be able to, you know, Alexander Fister and Wolfgang Barsch, They're a they're a team, and they might have to battle out Elizabeth <laughs> <laughs> for that spot on the mountain next year or in five years. I I did notice that. Would, why do you think that there's more men than women in this field? I feel like that's almost like a challenge. Like we need more women or more other other than males represented. Why do you, why do you think that that's that way?
1: I have no idea. I, I don't know the politics i don't know the the reasoning i don't know i don't want to get i don't want to get into it
0: (laughs) (laughs) my challenge is that i feel like next time i feel like and i and i hope in the next 10 years we can add more names to that list that are more diverse yeah i feel like that's almost a challenge to the community that's not a challenge to us that's a challenge to the community (laughs) right it's got to grow in that way
1: i agree i'm trying to see if there's any like awesome women board game designers on on the internet now you're making me go down a rabbit hole. I like it, Matt.
0: Yeah, you definitely should go down a rabbit hole and figure it out. I don't know. It's it's tough. I I actually do follow one on Twitter. Her name is Jez Raka. She's a very good artist and she's doing art for board games. So nice. that's cool. Well, well.
1: how about how about this, Matt? How about I challenge you for a future podcast that we, we talk about our favorite female artists and board game creators. Sounds good.
0: Uh, awesome. Challenge accepted.
1: That'll be next week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, no. We'll get into it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We appreciate your support. We, again, are Matt and John from Friday Night Games. And we just launched a new Twitch stream. So, every Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Matt and I will play one of our favorite board games for everyone to watch uh, while we chat with you in chat. So, come check us out. Follow us on there. We also recently launched a YouTube channel, Friday Night Games. So check it out. We're gonna slowly put content up there while we get the groove of talking to a camera. And if you like what you hear with our podcast, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us an awesome review or follow us on your favorite streaming platform. We release a podcast every Friday. Follow us on our socials. So Instagram at Friday Night Games underscore official, Twitter at Friday Night GMS. Sorry, I should mention that our Twitch stream is Friday Night GMS as well. Same as twitter if you have a game that you want us to check out or preview on our podcast let us know if you've created a game and want us to preview it shoot us an email at info at friday and remember it's friday night let's have some fun